Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I wonder if Bruce Campbell is as legendary as Elvis is. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Bubba Hotep, which released in 2002, based on a short story by Joe Lansdale and written and directed by Don Coscarelli. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Elvis Presley, played by Bruce Campbell, who's living out his last years in Mud Creek, Texas, in an old retirement home. While there, he starts to notice some strange things going on, and after discussing these strange things with a black John F. Kennedy, played by Ozzie Davis, they actually uncover that there is a mummy stalking the halls, killing the residents. It's 24 hours of Elvis in the roles he made famous. Watch that two-fisted hound dog outstrong, outrace, outfight, and outwit the bad guys. So I caught wind of this film uh, way after the fact when Bruce Campbell was touring around uh, promoting his new book. Yeah. And, you know, still sort of early days of the internet still, sort of 2002. Yeah, yeah. And uh, being a big fan of Bruce Campbell, just trying to find out, you know, what he's up to, where, you know, uh, what films he's working on next. And then you hear the rumblings of this Bubba Hotep. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what in the world is that? Who's directing this? It's the guy that did the Phantasm movies yeah, with the yeah. guy from the Evil Dead movies and they're fighting a zombie and he's playing Elvis yeah. and he teams up with John Kennedy. Like, where do I get this movie? <laughs> I literally only found this film when I went to America and picked yeah. up the DVD and brought it home. And I was like, look, it's a real movie. It exists. Uh, but since then, the film has sort of picked up and I don't know if it's quite yet at that cult classic status but if there was to be a modern classic i think i think bubba hotep could possibly be it well i i think because of the name attached alone bruce campbell it immediately just nowadays it immediately hits that cult status it's already above average it yeah, can yeah. go below <laughs> it can't can go below because it's it just stars bruce campbell and you know like you said this is this is 2002, you know, so this is like 20 years ago, we were getting excited over another Bruce Campbell production because we hadn't heard anything since what? Right. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. You know, like his his career, you know, he was releasing a book detailing how bad his career had been up to that point with all the movies he'd been in, like Mind Warp and Moon Trap, you know, an intruder, you know, and the, you know, the Evil Dead movies, you know. His legacy from that would skyrocket because obviously we'd get more games, we'd get more of the Evil Dead TV show. You know, all of a sudden Bruce Campbell would go, oh, actually, Evil Dead's where I make most of my money. You know, this is also pre My Name is Bruce. Yes. As yeah, well, yeah. you yeah. know, so like he he hadn't reached that. He Well, he, he was on a cult status in 2002, but not the cult status that we see now. Now it's like a legendary Yes. Status. Hell yeah. And so coupling it with uh, with Don Coscarelli, who's yeah. you know, just an icon in the horror genre, just for the Phantasm films alone. Yeah. Also then, you know, adapting this this uh, this story by 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 Lansdale. It's like this is a this is a brilliant combination. And on top of that, we've got one of my favorite special effects companies in the world, KMB Studios, who who said to Don, you know what, we'll do we'll do this for free. You don't have to oh, pay nice. us at all. Nice. The only thing you need to do is pay 
out of your budget for the actual materials we're going to use to make the effects in the film. And it's yeah. like, such a labour of love, such a passion project. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a miracle that sometimes that films like this get made. Yeah. And it had a budget of half a million dollars, which is, you know, it's, it's still not a lot of money for an independent film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they shot it in over 30 days, which I will say is probably a little bit longer than most independent films would shoot for. Uh, but uh, it's just, oh, it's just amazing. <laughs> Funny thing is, like, I I remember the first time we watched it and I was actually a little bit disappointed when I first watched it because, and this will probably go for a lot of newer fans as well who go to watch this if they rush out for it, is that this movie is, the budget is very low. Yeah. You know, the cast is almost non-existent other than your mains, Ozzy Davis, Bruce Campbell, you know, we've, we've got uh, we've got Reggie Bannister popping up for a little bit, you know, but it's it's not a massive, huge action spectacle. No. What, what it is, though, and, and, and I watched this movie literally a week before we were watching it for the review, and I said to Gary, I was like, we're doing Bubba Hood Up. He's like, yeah. I was like, I literally just watched this a week ago. He's like, I know, sorry. And what I noticed in both of them, and then remembering the first time I watched it, is just how much of a character piece it is for Bruce Campbell. You know, for him to act. And, you know, I know a lot of people go, Bruce Campbell? Acting? Yes, he does. In every single one of his role, even when he is caked in makeup, even, even when he is just sat in a bed talking about his penis, you know, he's, he's selling this character to you. You know, Sebastian Half. Or, or Elvis Presley. Which one is he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he is he's Elvis. And uh, according to uh, some trivia that I found, apparently Bruce Campbell's one question to Don before he accepted the role yeah. was, are you going to show the penis? <laughs> and they don't. They don't, they don't. But I think the film still got quite a high rating just because of the dialogue and the setup and the way the film opens. If you're not expecting it, it kind of, it kind of sets the tone right away. Where Elvis is in a in a retirement home, yeah. talking about a cancerous, pus-filled growth on his penis, to which the nurse has to come in and apply a salve in a very professional medical way, and he laments how how uh, much he misses his youth, yeah. and how much he would have given to be just twenty years younger, and maybe he could have enjoyed this operation. <laughs> It's brilliant because between that and the flashbacks of him explaining how Elvis had gotten kind of tired of his life. You know, we all know the you know the story of Elvis, you know, he reached this high rock this skyrocket career as a performer. You know, women loved him, men wanted to be him. He was doing drugs, he was drinking, he had all the money in the world, but he, you know, Elvis, Bruce Campbell's Elvis just felt empty. At yeah. the time. He felt like he was just a, a product. Yeah. He had no creative control anymore. He was just told to be in this film, sing this song, yeah. be here. So, yeah, he had no life. And he even talks, doesn't he, in the flashback about all of his friends were just milking him dry. Yeah. Because, he, you know, they didn't have to work. They just had to mooch off of Elvis. Yeah, they were his entourage, yeah. So... The story goes that he traded places with an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> signed a contract, it was hush-hush, yeah. and it was only ever supposed to be temporary until the real Elvis went, all right, I want my old life back. Yeah. However, as we know, 
Elvis died. Elvis died, yeah. So the real Elvis is now stuck because he can't go, hey, wait a minute, because, well, the well, trailer he... park explodes in a barbecue fire. Yeah. He's like, well, you know what? I kind of kind of like this Sebastian Half-Life anyway because he gets to live the life of Elvis as an impersonator. You yeah. Know? Fans yeah. still love it's, him. It's such a brilliant backstory because it you you it's, fully it's plausible it. isn't it's it it's plausible you know you're just like elvis is alive and in this retirement home and he's unhappy with his life because he kind of traded in his life for an easier life and it's not been that easy but here he is now well, in it, bed it's, <laughs> it's also kind of a thing like almost a statement on elvis fans that would always say that uh, elvis is still alive he's yeah, still out there he's still out there and so yeah it just kind of feeds on that almost conspiracy like but i love the way that you know don coscarelli films this whole opening sequence you know the way we get the you know the quick edits of people coming in and out of the room you know elvis is half in and out of sleep on his it medication really highlights his mental state doesn't yeah. it it's like he's not even really he's not even there anymore no like time is just passing time's right, just right passing beside by. him and the guy in his bed uh in the bed next to him he dies you know he dies this horrible cough it just kind of dies a, in, in during the night elderly matt damon is it? <laughs> it's, it's the old guy from Saving Private Ryan. Oh, no way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's got the purple heart. <laughs> but his daughter turns up and we get this cool little moment where, uh, you know, the daughter, uh, Callie, is going through her father's things and she kind of converses with Elvis and he explains, like, you know, they weren't friends. They just kind of shared rooms, but that he, you know, he'd always listen to the story about Callie, you know, and how he missed her and how she didn't come around as much, which made then Elvis think about his own daughter and what his life would have been like. And, oh my God, like, Don was really risky putting that one shot in the movie. Well, it's, it, it, it was probably in the story originally, <laughs> but it, it does, it, it's more on the, uh, I mean, yeah, of course it's gratuitous, it's a close-up ass <laughs> shot, uh, but it's more about... Really, because we've just had like uh, Elvis talking about his cancer on his penis, yeah. and then obviously seeing a shot like that, it goes to show his mental state, where he's literally like, this girl doesn't even see him as a sexual threat or of, of any kind whatsoever. <laughs> so much so that she would just bend over right in front of him. I felt my pecker flutter once like a pigeon having a heart attack, and then lay back down and remain limp and still. Of course, these days, even a flutter was kind of reassuring. And, uh, yeah, it's... it's absolutely brilliant. But we get the nurse come in as well, uh, played by Ella Joyce. And the, the three of them have this conversation where, you know, he wants to be known as Elvis. And the nurse is like, all right, whatever, Mr. Half, whatever. And so Callie's like, really? He's Elvis? And so we, we see the negative of the story here, but later on we'll see the flashback of him actually telling it and it being a positive of him going on his adventures and, you know, you know signing off of his life. Ozzie Davis. Wow. Man. Yeah. What a piece of casting. <laughs> when he introduces himself and explains, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're Elvis, well, I'm also John, John F. Kennedy. Yeah. And uh, I'd been yeah, assassinated and they uh, dyed me black and uh, they put me in here. and Put a bag of sand in my back of my head <laughs> where my right. brain is. Now, you're just like, this is crazy. Like, of course, were we in the nut house? No, we're in a retirement home. It's the next level over. Uh, but he says it with such sincerity and believability yeah, that you're just it. like, you know what? I think, you know, we're in this world where there's a mummy going around killing people. We'll get to that. Yeah. But there's also this Elvis. It's actual Elvis. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, it might as well be it actual well JFK. Be. Yeah. Like, I have not seen many Ozzy Davis performances, but I do get the feeling from just this one film alone 
that he'd make me believe his character. Yeah. You know, it really feels like him and Bruce Campbell must have sat down between takes and talked about how they wanted to go. It does also feel like I, I wish they'd spent more time with each other in the film. Yeah. You because know? the first 35 minutes, really, Elvis stays in bed. Yeah. That entire time. And I know for a lot of people, that's just like the first act. Our hero remains in bed the entire time. Yeah. And it's just the life passing by him. And yeah, it's very slow paced. However, if you get invested into this character, into his inner monologue, yeah, yeah, the yeah. flashbacks and yeah. everything else, it really builds up quite nicely because we do have the horror moments. We cut to this dear, sweet old lady wandering around this <laughs> yeah. uh, this retirement home, and uh, we see this other old lady in, in an iron lung, yeah. and we're just like, ah. And then she steals her glasses <laughs> and walks off, and I was like, oh, bitch. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Now, apparently, there's a lot of uh, first-time people, first time ever working on a film behind the scenes. Yeah. Bruce in the commentary said he literally, they literally just took anybody that was interested in working. Nice. Uh, so much so that even hired family members, and I think it was a family member that was also in that iron lung. Yeah. But the old lady, she wanders off, and then she's like, oh, there's some chocolates that have been left outside. Oh, I'll have them I'll too. Have them too. We see her in bed, she's scoffing the chocolates, and then we see a giant cockroach. <laughs> is it, or is it a scarab? It's a scarab, yeah. It's yeah. A scarab. I just love the way the old lady calls it a yeah. cockroach. <laughs> I'm going to squish you, cockroach. And she, like, she sees it, 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 it has, like, an extension head. Like, the head comes out from its shell and kind of looks, looks at her. And um, then Bubba's just in the room with her. Like, like I'm not entirely sure if he was, like, spotted down in a corner, just hiding in the shadows, or if it's, like, a magical kind of... He teleports into the room the way he kind of rises into the no, shot. No, I, I think he literally has to walk in there. Like, because we see him several times just walking through the yeah, retirement home. So. but the way she looks at him, she kind of looks at him up, and he kind of appears in the shot. So, like, if he'd walked in, he'd have... Peeled no, off I, I shot. think he was standing already. Oh. It's because she was on the ground, so maybe the camera was yeah, maybe to, yeah. to give her a yeah, position. But, but yeah, but it's also kind of freaky because when we, we cut to Elvis, you know, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he just happens to look at his door, and she's holding on to the wall, to yeah. the wall. So she must have come out of her room, slipped, grabbed the edge, and she's like, "Help me!" And then she gets whisked away. That's great. <laughs> like, I mean, Elvis is just like, what? Yeah. He lays back down, he wipes his eyes, puts his glasses on. He's like, now nah, I'm going back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and we get those bloody, um, the the hearse drivers. Yes. They keep popping up every now and again and having like little conversations about the more the dead people that they keep picking up. Yeah. And I, I think the movie, like, with a bit more of a budget and a bit more of a time length would have had more of those jokes to go along. But, you know, the few that we get are nice. But yeah. then we just... It does. It, it's just a little funny kind of off-kilter moment to just break up a little bit and yeah. you know show maybe sort of the mundaneness of what everybody else is seeing, whereas us as an audience know that there's something far more sinister going on. Yeah. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? What kind of life this old guy had? Huh? What kind of life he had? You know, his kids, his grandkids, his legacy. Look at him now. Oh, who gives a shit? Yeah, because Ozzy decides to take Bruce to the toilet. Um, to show him some Egyptian graffiti. Yeah. Like, 
So the mummy has gone in the toilet and written something on the wall? Yeah. Now, it's <laughs> genius. Like, it is, it, it's, it is so funny. It's not barrel laughing, laugh out loud hilarious, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah. That, yeah, this mummy still, you know, after it's eaten a soul out of a human butt, <laughs> yeah. it still needs to go and shit the remains out. Like, and while it's there, it will write graffiti on the, on the shithouse walls, man. <laughs> like, I, like... Like I said, I watched this twice in two weeks, and it was in those two times I realised that actually he sucks the souls out of assholes. Yeah. Well, according to Ozzy Davis, he does, yeah. Yeah, but he also does it in, he does in the film. In yeah, the film. Does, yeah. Like, when Ozzy Davis mentioned it, I'm like, oh, Ozzy Davis has made a mistake. But then when I was watching the first attack, and he's pulled the guy on the floor, and he's trying to pull his pants down, I'm yes. like... <laughs> what? He had me on the floor. I had his mouth over my asshole. A shit eater? I don't think so. He was after my soul. Now, I don't know if it's... Now, I think I think somewhere in the film he explains that it just needs to be any open orifice. Yes, yeah. I'm just thinking that this, this bubba, he's got a bit of fetish. <laughs> Maybe the souls taste sweeter that way? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because... Because they actually see the mummy as well. Like, Bubba turns up and attacks uh, an old man. And we see Kimo Sabi, um, played by Larry Pinnell, chase... Legendary actor. Chase Bubba down the, the corridor, firing his... Because he's dressed as a cowboy and he's firing his toy guns. But as Bubba walks past the toilet and looks at Elvis, Elvis kind of gets a... Well, I mean, nowadays we'd call it call it the Corey Michael moment from Halloween Ends, wouldn't we? Where they kind of trade psychic memories. And you, I mean, we'd had a little bit of a, a, a video footage at the beginning establishing that they'd um, opened up this tomb in, in Egypt and they'd found this mummy. But that's where it, the movie kind of drops it. And then now in the flashback, we realise that, like, Bubba was an Egyptian pharaoh. He'd been mummified put in this sarcophagus the sarcophagus has been uncovered by these treasure hunters it's gone to america and then during the night as it's making its rounds to the different museums around america it slipped out the back of a truck it was a storm and the bus crashed and off bus the bridge crashed, into yeah. the river and uh, elvis finds it and he sees the uh, the uh, license plate in the water yeah and uh, that's really where like act two is underway of the film where he you know he's out of bed now yeah he's starting to investigate because he's seen these these deaths these weird occurrences he also had a fight with a scarab himself yes where yeah he ended up stabbing it with a fork and then uh, well, he ends up catching it in, in his bedpan yeah <laughs> which is a great great shot as he's looking for it uh, but yeah, he ends up stabbing it and then electrocuting it. So he knows that there's something going on. Yeah. He's got a serious bug problem, man. <laughs> which which is really cool as well. Because like we said, the start was him really being dark and depressed. And kind of feeling like his life has come to an end. Where now he's had the scarab fight and, and seen the mummy as well. That he's kind of invigorated. Yeah. You know, he's actually he's got like, some life back in him. You know, I'm I'm in it. And so then with JFK as well, JFK's like, look, we need to stop this mummy from killing more residents. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I just want to go back a bit as well. And uh, Kimo Sabi, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned uh, the actor as well. And uh, I, I don't recognize him from, from certain things, but he's been acting for such a long time. He's yeah. such a great role. Yeah. Uh, and he, I get so sad when his character dies. Yeah. Like, Asshole. Like, Asshole! Asshole! I know. Asshole! It's such a great moment as he's firing his toy guns. 
Um, you know, and the mummy turns around and uh, he just has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. And the way the music swells up for that moment, I'm like, oh, it gets me every time. And uh, but I'm also like, I'm just so glad that he he didn't have his soul sucked out by the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also another like moment where the staff at the hospital rip his mask off, you know, and it's almost like it's almost heartless and thoughtless, like revealing his face. Yeah. But then, of course, then and Elvis and uh, and JFK are now being interrogated by the staff at the hospital. Reggie Bannister's there, pointing the finger, yeah, uh, like blaming these two. And I love the the camera pans and the two of them just give each other a quick look as they turn back to 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 deal with the nurses and doctors. Yeah, because they can't they can't be honest because the people just think they're crazy old men who you know if they don't already. <laughs> yeah, if they don't already. But the two of them know they've got to put a stop to him because how long has Bubba been at this? you know, old people's home. How many times has he done this? Like, we don't we don't ever see where Bubba goes to once he leaves the old people's home. He, you know, he just keeps turning up, like, after a couple of nights. Now, I want to talk about the relationship he has with the nurse as well. Because, yeah. like, she's kind of almost sympathetic, but she does mock Elvis well, or, or Sebastian. Look at her quite, job, quite a bit. <laughs> True, true. Uh, but there is a moment where Elvis is outside, you know, he's smelling the flowers and he turns to her and he literally just says, I'll grease my own crank shank from now on. You know, <laughs> he just basically tells her to piss off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's just so taken aback by it. But that's because he's now taking control of his life again. Yeah. It just feels like, uh, it just felt pretty brutal. But... Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I felt there were some things they, they, could have expanded on characters a bit more like like the whole relationship he had with Callie is so brief she never turns up again yeah you know and the same kind of things with the nurse like we see the nurse in a couple of shots but once he's kind of berated her that's it well she goes off for a cigarette doesn't she and uh but she but that's it she just kind of notices that light effect yeah and we realize that the mummy's killed somebody else but but that's That's it it. she's gone she's she's gone and the whole last act of the movie now is literally Elvis and John F. Kennedy coming to terms with the idea of like, look, I've got some words of power that's going to try and stop the curse. You've got this, uh, you know, flammable liquid in kind of a, a pump, kind of flamethrower suit thing. Um, and we're just going to set the motherfucker on fire. And, you know, like I said, the first time I watched it, this is where I kind of, like I said, my disappointment set in because it does feel like not much has happened because literally we've, we followed Elvis, he's interacted with some characters, and now we're coming to the final fight. It's really quite brief. But what I've come to understand with this movie as well, and maybe it's something I'll understand with many movies in the future as well as I get older, is that it's about what the actor brings to that character on the screen. You know, it's not about explosions and gunfire, it's about the character and the script. And every time I hear the music now, Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Every time I hear that music, either the slow version or the super version, I'll, um, I'll, I'll always remember Elvis and John F. Kennedy walking down the corridor oh, in their great. wheelchair with their <laughs> Zimmer frame. They're going off to fight a it's, fucking mummy. It is. You know? 
It's the superhero walk, isn't it? That yeah. slow motion walking, yeah, with the Zimmer frame and JFK in his in his electric chair. It's uh, electric chair in his motorized chair. Yeah, oh, it's great. The, yeah, the way the music swells up is fantastic. Yeah, um, and I want to bring up the composer Brian Tyler. Right, and like right from the beginning of the film, the theme uh, is set. You hear that music. Yeah, and that music ebbs and flows throughout the entire film with. With variation, sometimes it's more melancholy and reflective, and then, like for instance, the moment where he's fighting the scarab, and you've got this guitar riff coming into it. Yeah. But it's still the same theme, just altered, and the way it swells up for that moment is yeah. just glorious. And yeah, go back to what you're saying about maybe the the disappointment in the uh, maybe the the amount of action or horror moments in it. Uh, for me, are are easily replaced with great friendship building scenes yeah, yeah, between yeah, these yeah. two characters yeah, yeah. that really is the heart of the film. Mr. Kennedy, ask not what your rest home can do for you. Ask what you can do for your rest home. Just what are you getting at, Elvis? I think you know what I'm getting at, Mr. President. We're gonna kill us a mummy. And so Elvis and JFK, they lure out um, Bubba for the final fight. And like sadly, we lose JFK during the battle. Um, I mean, he 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 goes to help Elvis, and then obviously through the confrontation with with Bubba, Elvis has to wait for the wheelchair to come back around, doesn't he? <laughs> so he can jump into it, and then by the time it takes him over there, you know, like it's one of the only bits in the film that makes me go, "Well, that's just the stroke of luck, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just him. Uh, and and Bubba kind of riding in the wheelchair and then facing off against each other and like the words of power are you <laughs> yeah like we have that dramatic slow death as, as JFK passes away and then yeah Elvis is like well I've got these words of power that you gave me and he starts reading them and they're like what the hell man they don't even <laughs> rhyme or nothing <laughs> they were just bogus like <laughs> just the way that Bubba comes back with some like Egyptian insults that come out in like hieroglyphics first and then they give you the words you know in subtitles I was just like did we need the hieroglyphics and I'm thinking yeah kind well, of I mean... we did because the cheesiness of the movie but then was it he, he, he sets him on fire twice you know? twice yeah <laughs> sets him on fire twice your soul sucking days are over amigo and it's only then on the second fireball that you see all the souls actually fly out of the mummy. We do, so yeah. So I was like, oh, at least they've freed all the souls. So they're not, you know, not going to be damned forever. So yeah. I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of cool. But it, it's again that, ah, the, oh, the, when the music hits in here, I think the song is called All Is Well. Yeah. And, uh, and that is what the star formations say to Elvis. Like, it's all is well yeah, now. Yeah. You can go. Yeah. I'm like, Elvis, don't leave the building, please. <laughs> what does TCB stand for? Because that's what he says, like TCB, baby. It's, it's one of one of Elvis's many phrases or moments, and isn't I, it? I was like, I need to find it, and I couldn't find out yeah. what it was. And like Bruce Campbell says it in the movie, just before he defeats the mummy, you know, he lies there, and he, yeah, he just dies, and then the music just goes. And for me, watching it, finishing Bubba Hotel, like I said, for the second time in, in a matter of weeks, for me, it's like. It, it will be the movie, and, and knock on wood, I'm saying this now, it's going to be harsh, but, you know, on the time that Bruce Campbell does pass, Bubba Hotel will be that movie that you kind of go to because of this ending, you know, this kind of sad, you know, the curtains are closed, baby, 
it's know, the beautiful I'm piece of stage, music and the way you know? he yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he, he finished on a high note from the start of the movie where he was lying in bed thinking about this growth on his penis to now this moment where he's just like yeah I'll fucking save the world exactly yeah he's yeah. kind of you know moved he, he's put his past behind him he's gotten over his regrets and the things he didn't get to do and, yeah and he's kind of happy with with himself he has done a heroic thing here and yeah no one is going to know what he's done to save this no. retirement home and uh, no one will really know that that was Elvis that did it as well. And yeah. It's kind of sad. It's but... kind of sad. Ah, Ian, favorite scenes? Ah, uh, man, I, I I've got like most of the movie is like all favorite scenes. Any of the sequences with Elvis in, you know, Bruce Campbell just hands up. I particularly really liked, and it was only the second time and then the third time that I realized that that it's Bruce Campbell playing the impersonator as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in the flashback, when Bruce Campbell Elvis turns up, you see Bruce Campbell, the impersonator, sitting in there like, oh, my God. And he can just feel the presence of the king in the room, you know, and the, the, their, their meaning. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Did you know that um, it's not the first time Bruce Campbell's faced off against Bruce Campbell? No, 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 that's true. <laughs> uh, but there, there was actually an adaptation or a spin-off, a Bubba Hotep uh, mashed with Army of Darkness. Right, Where the nice. two characters come together to work together. I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd, uh, I like that fight sequence he has with the Scarab. I, I love the corridor sequence with him and Ozzy Davis. I think Ozzy Davis is just absolutely just eats up every scene that he has with Elvis because... You're, you, like Gary said, you're sitting there going, nah, he's not JFK, but you're watching a movie about a mummy sucking souls out and Elvis is there. There's a high chance he's John F. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's even that bit where he looks at the scar at the back of his head, doesn't he? You know, the room itself is kind of made out like a presidential suite. Who's paying for it? He's also got all of the uh, the, the conspiracy stuff about yeah, him. Yeah, he's got... He's got... <laughs> oh, yeah, Karen. It's, it's, oh, it's, just, it's just absolutely brilliant. I, like, like I said, I, I'll go with it all. I'll go with it all. Cool. Yeah, well, you just reminded me of of one of my favourite scenes, and that's where he interrogates Elvis, and he's like, look, if I'm going to work with you, if we're going to be friends, you have to to look me in the eye and tell me you had no involvement in my assassination (laughs) whatsoever. And Elvis has to list off all these people. He's like, I don't know them, never worked with them, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay, we can be friends now. (laughs) Great, great moment. Um, I love the uh, the old lady stealing the glasses and the chocolates and her and cockroach <laughs> line delivery. Great, great moment. Um, of course, yeah, just the moments with Elvis in bed, just that 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 depressed, you know, run down state and the way yeah. that he delivers his lines, the way he's just almost given up on life. Just like it, it's uh, and the way we see the the time just moving forward really quickly in the room. It's like some good edits in there uh, and some good uh, acting uh, moments there from Bruce. The heroes march into battle. Yeah. The slow-mo walk down the corridor. The lighting, the framing, the pacing, the music. Perfect. Love that moment. And of course, it's also fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the all is well ending. Oh my God. We just talked about it quite a bit. But yeah, that ending was was so perfect for this film. The writing on the shithouse walls. The graffiti in there is just great. Just absolutely brilliant. I mean, like, I mean, I think Ozzy translates it. Yeah, like does, he does, yeah. 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 And then I don't even know if he's translated right. <laughs> Eat the dog dick of Anubis, you asswipe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the moment those hieroglyphics appear on screen, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's a dog. That's a... Oh. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kimo Sabi's death. You know, just... Oh, it gets me. Yeah, I just... He's such a minor character. Yeah. You really do... Just asshole, 
asshole. <laughs> Man, that's the way to live in a retirement home, right? If we end up in a retirement home. <laughs> Ian, do you recommend Bubba Hotep? I do. And I quickly looked down at my notes and I think I worked out what TCB stands for. Oh. Take care of business. Oh. That's what he says just before they go out the fight. You've got to take yeah. care of business and TCP take care of business. Um, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I th I really think that the uh, you know film industry has missed out on Don Coscarelli and really should give him a bigger chance with Phantasm series again. You know because he can take weird and make it fun. You know like. Like, I remember we watched Don Dies at the end, and I haven't seen that in such a long time, but I remember having such a fun time yeah. watching it. Yeah. You know, I enjoy the Phantasm movies. I enjoy Bubba Hotep. It's weird. It's kind of off the wall. I know for some people, I, I said the same thing with Phantasm when I watched Phantasm the first time, is that I felt it was slow. It was out of place. It didn't make any sense, and I wasn't entirely sure if I'd enjoyed it at the end of it. My exact same feelings I had with Bubba Fotep the first time I watched it. Now I'm older. I love Phantasm 1. I, I, you know, it goes hand in hand with Phantasm 2 and 3. 4, not so much. Bubba Hotep is exactly the same. If I ever feel like I just, I need a Bruce Campbell movie that's not really a Bruce Campbell movie because I don't need Ash, you know, or just him being hilariously over the top and crazy with his chin. Elvis is there for me. Oh hell yeah! And this wasn't this was nearly almost uh, not the only Elvis Bubba movie. Yeah. As the end credits of the film, the title pops up that Elvis will return in Bubba Nosferatu, yeah. Curse of the She Vampire, and uh, for twenty years they tried to get funding for this film to try and get it off the ground. Paul Giamatti was even one of those people that was giving money to Don and to this company to make this film happen. But yeah. sadly, it wasn't going to come to be. And now that it's been 20 years, Bruce Campbell has also turned and said, Don, it's over. Let's put it behind us. I'm not coming back now. Even if the money was there, let's put it to bed. It's been 20 years. Let's get somebody else in as Elvis then, a younger Elvis or whatever. You know. Ron <laughs> Perlman. Oh, no. That'd be amazing. Well, for me... This is an absolute must-watch. And now, 20 years after its release, I highly recommend Bubba Hotep as a modern cult classic. Such a fantastic collaboration. Bruce Campbell and Don Coscarelli created a delightfully funny horror film with such a small budget and a huge heart. The story is crazy, just so imaginative and unique, and Bruce as Elvis, just wonderful. Really selling the, the, the life of regrets and very melancholy behavior, but it works in contrast to Ozzie Davis, who shines as the optimistic, full-of-life JF Kennedy. <laughs> KMB did a great job on the makeup for Bubba, coupled with some great lighting and cinematography, balancing the horror and the comedy. Special mention to Brian Tyler's music score, really elevating the material. It's really, really well done. Lots of variation of the theme, filled with emotion. It's sad and uplifting. It's just great. So, yeah, high, high recommendation. Fantastic low-budget horror comedy that works after multiple repeat viewings. Get a physical copy of this film. Listen to the commentary track, the behind-the-scenes, the making up. Then listen to the Bruce slash Elvis commentary track. And then just watch the film again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with the king. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. 
Don't make me use my stuff on you, baby. Oh. Oh. Ah. 